ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, July 31st. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. It's really great. Go check it out. And if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And today's show, guys, we're reacting to last night's game. Last night's glorious, glorious, glorious game that also had some bad uh, kind of points to it also, despite the fact that they ended up winning by a score of 12-7 to over San Francisco, taking the series as we look ahead to play Colorado now, uh, starting today, obviously, for another three-game series. So I don't really know where to even start in a lot of ways because this game was, I don't know how to put it. It was great. It was really fun, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to come full, uh, just just be super clean and uh, um, open about this, guys. I really wanted to watch that basketball game <laughs> between the Clippers and the Lakers. Everyone on Twitter was acting like it was the greatest game of all time and that, you know, just this the, the LeBron was back and it was just such an amazing game and he's locking up Kawhi Leonard and all this stuff. And I'm sitting here. And I'm sitting here. Watch the Padres bullpen blow yet another game. I mean, you gotta be kidding me, guys. I just talked about yesterday. The title of the episode was called Bullpen Woes. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. It all starts with Perdermo, which, you know, I talked about on the on the podcast yesterday about how he'd been, he was okay in the, in the little bit of time that he had. But I was also really surprised that they gave him um, longer of a leash, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden the tying run is up, and I was wondering, and I saw someone um, put out there that Brandon Belt, who ended up uh, coming up to the plate, and I thought it was interesting because I saw that uh, Brandon Belt was 0 for 8 with three strikeouts versus Pomeranz. So I was wondering why they didn't put in Drew Pomeranz earlier. I was a little bit surprised by how much of a leash he uh he had maybe this comes as a fact that they've used Pomeranz a little bit more. Maybe they want to try and rest some of their ace bullpen guys, and I assume that's probably in theory anyway. And we'll get to him in a little bit. Amelia Pagan, Kirby Yates, and and Pomeranz are probably the ace guys, but uh, it, it was unfortunate. And then and then Pomeranz gives up that tying uh, run, but it was a bases loaded, nobody out situation. He strikes out the one guy, gets another guy to pop up. Like it wasn't the worst in the world, you know what I mean? He gave up one hit. Like all right, like it sucks. Right? It sucked, but I was like, hey, I mean, he was put in an awful situation, so I'm not mad at Pomeranz. I was a little bit disappointed with how they kept Perdomo in a little bit, just just a little bit longer than I think they should have. And like I just said with the numbers there, uh, Brandon Belt, not a good career against Drew Pomeranz based on the sample size. But hey, this happens sometimes. Sometimes managers go with their gut instead of numbers, and I don't want to immediately fault them for that. I know a lot of people like to, but I don't want to at least immediately fault them for that. Um, But aside from that, just quickly, Denelson Lament, he looks pretty okay yesterday. He went five innings, gave up four hits, a run. Um, He did have four walks, which wasn't great. And then did have uh, seven strikeouts. I thought it was a little bit worse than his first outing against the D-backs. I thought he looked a little bit more solid there and just, you know, wasn't walking guys quite as much. Uh, he only had one in the last game and, um, you know, had a little bit less pitch count, all that stuff. He threw 91 pitches at this game. He still looked like he was throwing hard, though, which I did like. Still topping around 97 miles an hour on that fastball was having a little bit of trouble with control, as evidenced by the four walks. But I did think that Lament looks pretty solid 
as far as Saad goes. You know what I mean? I thought he was fine. Uh, I, I just thought that, yeah, the control wasn't totally there. And it's weird. This is baseball, man. It's funny that he did better against the D-backs than the Giants. You know what I mean? But then but then again, even though I'm saying I, I, I wasn't blown away by uh, Lamette's outing, he did only end up giving up one run. You know what I mean? So it's not like this guy was terrible. Guys, with the exception of Joey Lucchese, there hasn't really been a bad starting pitching performance. You could maybe say... Uh, Davies a little bit, but even Davies, I mean, it, he's a fifth starter. Like, it's not like we're expecting him to strike out 10 guys and only give up one hit, right? And he was still pretty solid. And, you know, Paddock wasn't amazing uh, the night before, so that was the Wednesday when he pitched. Like, he wasn't incredible, right? But still, he was. He still looked good and didn't give up, you know, too many long balls and all that, right? That's what's been so interesting about this team is that it's literally all been the bullpen, and it's all happened, by the way. It's all happened. Like after like seventh inning and beyond, so it's it's like that's what's so rough is like oh the first six innings for the Pirates have always been great, right? They score one in the third, two in the fourth, and then two in the sixth, and then they get another one in the seventh, right? And then all of a sudden the Giants they get to tie it up. It's like it's really discouraging, you know, in a lot of ways to see uh, the Padres bullpen, which is has been touted by many experts and even myself, and I'm not I'm not anything close to an expert, as being one of the best in the league and certainly being one of the one uh, advantages that they have over even someone like the Giants, right? Because even the Giants, like with Kenley Jansen, I mean, that guy is, is, is he's, still, he's still good, but he's shown some signs of slowing down. And even with them, they've been, you know, still hanging in there. And then for the Giants, thank God, you know, Jastrzemski didn't hit 800 home runs again, but he did go two for four with three runs scored and an RBI, that RBI, and then the, the two walks with the, the, the triple as well. So he's still been... He's developing as a Padre killer, it looks like, already, right? Uh, so he wasn't, uh, I was no fan of his yesterday. And then um, Solano, uh, the second baseman for the Giants, um, D- Donovan Solano, he had a four for five game. He was kind of killing us with three doubles, by the way, which was nuts. Um, and then and then Brandon Belt managed to walk four times. And last time I checked, Brandon Belt strikes out like all the time. So it was pretty incredible that he was able to walk that many times. Um, but anyway, I don't want to talk about the Giants offense too much. The Padres... Offense is really kind of, I'd say, the story of the game, even though I need to just quickly address the, the the Emilio Pagan thing. This is a guy that they traded Manuel Margot for. And Manuel Margot, not a super exciting name that you think of when you think of exciting outfielders. He comes up, but he was a, a true center fielder for the team. And you've seen that the outfield has made a couple, I don't want to say like errors or total miscues, but they've tracked some balls, not all that great, you know what I mean? And from Grisham to Fam, like maybe didn't have a beat on the ball as best as we would have wanted. Um, and it's you're seeing it a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong, the defensive, slight defensive miscues, slight by the way, on the Padres, compares nothing to the bullpen, but it's just unfortunate that they traded Margot for this guy. And so far, let me read you guys uh, his season so far. He's got an ERA of 12.27 and 3.2 innings pitched. That's right, with a whip of 2.18, giving up five earned runs. Hmm, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say it. Uh, not great <laughs> for Emilio Pagan. And, and again, and this is where my softy side comes out. I brought this up yesterday with Stamman. He did look upset. Like, Pagan, like, I can just tell he was upset, and he's struggling so far. Like I said, I hope that he can get it back. But in a 60-game series, guys... It's fair for me to start questioning things like this. If this was 160 games, I wouldn't be freaking out too much yet. 
You know what I mean? But I actually think for once, you can start freaking out about stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? You can start freaking out about small sample sizes for once. Never really believed in that before. Otherwise, I've been like, all right, Pagano, we got to give him a longer bit of a leash. But so far, he has not looked impressive, uh, especially compared to his season in Tampa last year. Maybe Tampa knew something. Maybe that's why he traded him to us. I know that's what all the fans might be thinking, and they're all freaking out. You know, is this guy going to be a bust uh, for a pick for us? Pomerantz has been great. He's been awesome. You know, yeah, he gave up that hit yesterday, but it was basically nobody out. I don't, I don't blame them for giving up one hit. He was great. Got us out of a, a jam that could have been a lot, a lot worse. Um, it could have given them the lead. So, just in general, yeah, Pagan being probably the most disappointing. I'd say out of, is it fair to say that he might be the most disappointing player on the team right now? I'd say it's it's between him and Mejia. Uh, Mejia has been terrible offensively. I don't think he even has a hit yet. Uh, he's been really, really bad and. Uh, like I don't know what to say with the two strikeouts yesterday. He's been bad, um, and and there's been other uh, kind of offensive players on the Padres have been good, but I'd say Pagan probably the most disappointing Padre so far. But of course, thank the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, thank the Lord that Major League Baseball has a weird uh, new rule change that they've implemented. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we talk about that, guys, that's right. You know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. We're talking about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete. It doesn't matter if you're Emilio Pagan, who has a bad rough outing. It doesn't matter if you're me, some schmuck, who's writing things on the interwebs and posting things on the interwebs. Or you, I don't know, maybe you, you're you not even doing anything right now. Maybe you're just hanging out, or maybe you are doing okay. Whatever, whatever. I'm, this is going too long. I'm talking too much about this, all right? Bottom line is that everyone needs a little bit of support to make it throughout the day. So luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have just the kind of amazing duo that can help you do just that. So first of all, they've got CBD Freeze with Menthol, which is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. I don't know why I keep saying tube in a funny way. Uh, CBD Recover, on the other hand, combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make everything even easier, our listeners can go to CBDMD and check out their uh, all their products and topicals that they have to offer because they're offering our listeners 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. So once again, go and do that. That's CBDMD.com. Promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of Superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Go check that out, guys. And also, really quickly, I want to talk to you about RockAuto.com. The place that if it was, you know, in this Frats and Furious franchise, Mr. Vin Diesel would love it. Because those movies, I don't know how many times I have to say this, guys. The Fast and Furious movies, they're about family. That's what they're about. And rockauto.com, get this. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why would you like why 
Why? Why would you do this, man? Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same part? It doesn't make any sense. So, if you want to make sense, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And with that stuff kind of said, with my points being made, let's continue talking about last night's game, guys. And I really want to talk about, this is the the biggest thing about last night, is that we went into extra innings, right? And, you know, the new extra innings rule is that you get to start out a guy on second base. And we did just that with Mr. Trent Grisham. Um, how do How do I put this? Uh, first of all, Grisham, another great game from him. He's just looked so solid. Not, not like a great, great, great game, you know, but he went two for six and he did have that triple, which I actually thought that the Giants guy really misplayed. So it was, yeah, like it it was more of a maybe one for six night for him. I'm not saying he would have caught it, but, uh, it wasn't a great, uh, tracking by the outfielder for the Giants. I didn't think that it looked, uh, particularly like it was uncatchable. I think that the fact that he had to reach across his body and that whole thing, like I think it was, it was a uh, um, we got a little bit lucky there with the the defensive woes by the Giants, I guess you could say. But otherwise, Grisham is on second base, and look, I mean, you how about I just read the play by play for what's up, what ends up happening that uh, that inning, right? First of all, Machado gets a walk. Then next up, Tommy Pham comes up. He singles to right center. Trent Grisham scores, and Manny Machado ends up going to second. Jerkson Profar ends up getting hit by a pitch. Manny Machado goes to third. Tommy Pham to second. Then Greg Garcia gets pinch hit for, which is a great uh, decision, I think, by uh, Jace Tingler, by the way. Will Myers had already had like three strikeouts at that point. He was not doing anything. And I know that Myers is historically pretty great against the Giants, but as much as people I know, you know, I was just complaining about how I didn't agree necessarily with uh, Tingler keeping Perdermo in for as long as he ended up keeping him in. This is a smart decision because then Garcia ends up singling to right center. May Machado and Tommy Pham scored. Then Profar goes to third. And then Ty France comes up, who I feel like has been just a solid, that solid utility bench player for us, uh, single to center. And then Jerickson Profar and Greg Garcia uh, went to third. Jerickson Profar scored, I mean, and Greg Garcia went to third. Then Austin Hedges, even Austin Hedges, man, just to get in on the action. He's hits a sacrifice kind of a little squeeze bunt to the catcher. Greg Garcia scores, and then Ty France gets the second. Um, Oliveres flies out to right, which wasn't great. Not a great game for him, necessarily. And then Fernando Tatis, top of the order, comes back all of a sudden. He singles to center. Ty France scores. Austin Hedges goes to second. Grisham flies out, and then Machado strikes out. And then there you go, right? And then they end up getting, like, a couple more, like, they get one more run against us off of Bedner. But it was good, I think, that we get we didn't have to waste another one of our, uh, like, great relievers. Like, Yates didn't have to come in uh, because the lead was so great. It was really funny. Like, my vibe was, like, the, the Padres were like, okay. Okay, bullpen, try messing this up now. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, okay, so five runs wasn't enough, four runs wasn't enough, fine. We'll give you six more. How about that? So I think the big conversation to talk about right here is, first of all, great offensive night by the Padres. I've been saying it so far. They've been getting the hits when they've needed them. Uh, they had a lot of home runs today, by the way. Profar, who's been pretty solid, by the way. Uh, I think, anyway, I think he's been okay. Uh, Looked good defensively, and he's also just super fun to watch, if we're being honest. I already talked about that. I love the way he avoids pitches. uh, Even if they're a little bit inside, he gets out of the way like somebody just shot a cannon at him. Um, 
but I, I love watching the guy play, and I love that he pointed to the dugout. You know what I mean? When he hit the home run, it was great. Uh, so I've just really enjoyed uh, watching Profar play, and I hope he does well. I, I'm really rooting for the guy because, you know, this was a former top prospect, and I talked about, you know, he was a top prospect like in high school, I remember. Uh, like when I was in high school, I remember his name coming up. I remember him being like a seventh-round pick in fantasy or something like that, right? So, th- yes, everybody, I remember I remember a lot of players due to fantasy baseball sometimes. But – he looked he looked solid. I just think he's been so much fun though. And I'd like for him to do a little bit better. I'd like for him to get on base a little bit more. He is heading into that game. He's still just hitting um 158 heading into the game. Now that's obviously got up dramatically after his two for four showing with three ribbies. I like, you know, I'm just rooting for the guy. But the bottom line is even though it's not like because if you look at the numbers of the the runs that the Padres have scored, they started with seven against Arizona, then five, then three, which was their lowest output so far of the season. Then they get six against Arizona again, then five in the first game against San Francisco, then six against that awful that for that awful loss where friggin' Shremsky hits the walk-off home run, right? And then they scored six there, and then they scored 12 tonight. So as you can see, the Padres' offense has been there. And what's interesting is if you look at it, you're like, oh, well, they have some guys on this team that aren't, you know, batting too high, right? You know, Profar is only batting 158, right? And Machado was batting, heading into the game, like, he was around the 100 mark, you know, at points, and Hedges is still batting zero, right? And Mejia's batting zero, and Naylor and some other guys like that, and even even Tommy Pham, who ends up having a nice, like, probably one of his better games of the season, going three for five with two ribbies on the night, even though I think Pham had some hits stolen from him in that D-back series, especially the one game we lost, right? But bottom line is, the Padres are walking, and it's been really encouraging. You know what I mean? They've had guys that are simply getting on base. It's something that the team has struggled a lot with over the past few years. They've just got all these guys who, yeah, they've got the power, but then they have guys like Fran Mil Reyes and, and Hunter Renfro who are, strike out way too much and do not hit for a good um, on-base percentage, right? So it's nice to see that so far um, offense is absolutely not the issue. I'm still a little bit worried about some of the the players in terms of Mejia and the fact that that, that catching situation isn't great it might just be one of those things guys where we have to suck it up and say it's kind of a rotating cast between hedges and just letting him play because he's good defensively because Mejia might not be able to really uh replicate that end of season like last month that he had last season where he had like triples and doubles all over the place and maybe he's just not going to be a great um, offensive catcher maybe Campizano we just we're just gonna have to wait for the catching prospect for the Padres to come up right so that's one thing I will say, though, let's just talk about the rule change, the the, the man on second. I'm going to do the thing where I say, look, the Padres won, so I like it, right? <laughs> That's the easy thing to do. But I, I get – I always understand the need for the change and wanting to make baseball a little bit more exciting and not have games go up until super extra innings. The games are already too long, right, which is a complaint. Um, I have two two responses to that. Number one. I actually don't think baseball games are too long. I just think that the season is too long. You know, I just think that it's historically been super long. And I, that's at least that's just me. That's just me. I just feel like, I, why should I care as much about this particular Padre series against the Giants? Not this one specifically, but say they're playing the Giants, right? Why should I care about that one in particular when I know they're going to play like six or seven more times? You know what I'm saying? So that's my issue with baseball. I've actually never really minded the length that much because I also have noticed that I can do a lot of other things while watching baseball. It's not necessarily a sport that I have to watch as intently as basketball or even football, right? Um, So that's just me. Baseball is a very relaxing sport. I've always enjoyed that I can kind of have a little bit of a thing going on in the background while I watch it, right? 
Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm a crazy multitasker, right? So that's one thing. The second thing, though, is I don't know why it's got to be on second. I'm wondering if maybe they could just put someone on first. Heck, maybe keep the guy at second, but have it be two outs. That way, okay, it's 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 a little bit more like, okay, you get the man on second. Maybe allow uh, teams to make decisions. Like, yeah, you can have a person on second, but the cost is that you have two outs. Or you can have uh, a guy on first for one out. You know what I mean? Little things like that, maybe. Um, because I think one of the problems, and I know people raise this up when this idea first caught, kind of uh, caught wind and is now being implemented, where people are like, all you would have to do is, in theory, to take the lead in these these games, you would just do a sacrifice bunt, get someone a third, and all you all of a sudden, all you need is not a hit. All you need is a, hit, a ball that's hit to the point where they can score from third, whether it be like a sack fly. And in the idea that we could have a bunch of games ending on that note, being decided with a sacrifice fly, is a little odd. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's why people are against it. And look, it went the Padres' way this time. Bottom line is, we also had to stop them too. But we also did get to go, you know, we got first licks, um, which I guess maybe helped. But I did find it, I get the hate for the rule. I understand it. I understand baseball trying to maybe implement new things to make baseball exciting. But bottom line is, it wasn't. Um, it's not great. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not as big of a fan of the rule. And I think that it's fair for teams to be upset. You know what I mean? And But bottom line is this. I don't want to hear the Giants necessarily complaining about it too much because they scored six more runs. It's not like they only got one run. You know what I mean? So we'll have to see how that plays out. I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Um, overall, though, it was so much fun watching the Pirates just get hit after hit after hit. The offense has been so exciting. They're getting hits when they needed it. Bottom line, solid game. And I'm really loving Grisham, guys. I think that guy is just a dude that no one's talking about. And while I have noticed sometimes in the outfield he doesn't look perfect there, um, I guess that's the cost of doing business sometimes with the Manny Margot thing, you know what I mean, and trying to bolster the bullpen. Biggest concerns right now, it's clearly not the offense. It's clearly not the offense. So that's really all my thoughts on that. Hopefully Emilio Pagan can fix everything. Hopefully if we use Kirby Yates uh, this weekend in the Colorado series, which I'm nervous about, by the way, just because Richards, injured kind of guy, he's trying to get his confidence back. Pitching at Colorado isn't necessarily the type of environment that instills confidence in me, at least, when I'm watching pitchers pitch. Because everybody hits you know, balls out of there. It's going to be a huge series. The uh, Padres are now 5-2 and two, and the Rockies 4-1. and one. Hey, they can if they can win this series, all of a sudden they'll have a much more commanding thing. Because then they play the Dodgers next. So that's why I was so disappointed that they didn't get that win over the Giants um, the other night. That was we really that sweep really could have been used. There's a universe where the Padres are undefeated right now if they don't just have complete out of nowhere miscues from something that was expected to be good, which is the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen. Come on, guys, get it together. And I'm complaining more because it's a short season. We don't have time to not complain, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, that about does it for my thoughts today on last night's game. A really great game overall. It was so much fun seeing all the guys score. Hopefully Hosmer and all these guys can come back. But even if he doesn't, Ty France, all these guys, they've been pretty solid filling in for him. So that's it. I'm talking too much. I told myself this would only be a 15-minute episode. But look what happens. God dang it. That's what happened yet again, guys. But whatever. I talk too much. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, that's it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And, you know, 
Have a good weekend, guys. Uh, and also, I'm going to actually post just a little bonus episode tomorrow. It is an uh, interview I had with Gav Gowdy, who is kind of this like uh, sports personality, I guess you could say, especially via Twitter. And we did this talk like a little bit a while ago. It was from like two weeks ago now. Uh, and I forgot to post it because I'm an idiot. But I figured, ah, what the heck? I just want to get it out. I don't want to put it away. So posting that tomorrow. If you guys want to listen, go for it. Otherwise, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care and I'll see you next time.